Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Watch up. And welcome back to another episode of No Silly's Podcast with your host. Now, fuck that with your low glasses, Malone. So this is a special <laughs> No Silly's. I have brought the podcast brilliance of No Silly's together on one platform. I'm so excited. I'm not perfectly excited because we're missing Britt, and that just don't feel right. It doesn't. But we got my boy D. D, who always supplies the fire. Ah, D. That's D. Yes. Yeah. Corner boy. Yeah. yeah. You be having us over here faded. And I be talking crazy. And this is, how, this is how he gets away with it because we're, you know, faded. Yeah. <laughs> Stacking the deck. Under the influence, you feel me? <laughs> I'd be like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, nah, yeah. So, Pete just flew in town. Yeah. From Florida. From Florida. Shit. It's the first time I've felt cold air in over a year. Mm. That's why they get the worst hurricanes. <laughs> I'm spoiled by the weather, so the hurricanes are earthquake when it's like that. I will 
happily. I would trade being in the middle of a hurricane over walking to the car in like 38 degree weather in an hour all day long. <laughs> all along, all day long. Um, category one. Category one. So, D, what's the deal? D got this crazy ass thing. I don't quite know what that is, but some burner made that's probably bad. It yeah. smells excellent. Uh, some forbidden fruit, some gas. That shit all purpley and shit. <laughs> I saw it. It look all purpley. <laughs> Purple weeds. It's, it's nice. It, it smells nice. Yeah. And you scared? Go. Calm. Come on. <laughs> how go. is he? How How there are you, you, you know, being a um, an influencer and you don't even smoke? Do it yeah, matter? Because he gets, he influences. He doesn't get influenced. Exactly. I do all the, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Pete got it. He got okay, it. Me. <laughs> he got it. Okay. Plus, this is like a deep conversation, so oh, I need to. Oh, this tastes really good. Yes. I'm telling you, this is really good. It's delicious. Yes, it is. It's very tasty and very fruitful, and you taste the. You can taste the fruit. You can taste the fruit. Yeah. Oh, you wow. really can. It's really good. Which fruit is it you could taste? Oh my gosh! Um, it tastes like. Some kind of citrus. Mm. So you taste the oranges in there. Is lemony? Orange? Citrus is oranges and lemons. I don't know what it is. Maybe a little bit of grapefruit. <laughs> oh, but it's sweet. But you do taste the citrus. It's so you very taste like sweet. It tastes very clean and very like. Do they drop orange peels in the really dirt good. or something to do that? How do they get the citrusy flavor? This is nice. I have no. Well, shout so, out to the grower. Some strange to just come through with more of a citrusy tone. Like OGs have a citrusy tone. Um, just genetics, I guess. All genetics. So, and, that, and that's called what again? Uh, forbidden fruit. Oh, yeah. Forbidden fruit. It's yes, forbidden. it is. Y'all need to be high because the conversation is going to be serious. We are. Don't worry. We, we are, we're getting high. Okay, so <laughs> I had a sweet tea on the way in. <laughs> you had your that's sweet, yeah. a sweet tea. <laughs> I had a soda. <laughs> Fucking soda, yeah. I did too. Um, so what's been on my mind is why the fuck? Oh gosh. Okay, let me back down. There, thank you, sorry. thank you, because you are dang. You gotta come like that's serious. That's how my <sighs> thought be. That's Damn. how my thought be. Okay. And, and I'm frustrated. Um, Pete, why did we integrate? Why did, what was the push for integration? And, and you, this is right up your alley. This is something we would normally talk about. I think in the, in the time, the push for integration was the fact that you had a hamstrung portion of the economy that to expedite growth needed to integrate with a, with, with a faster moving, more robust sector of the population's economy. Sure. That makes sense. The only problem with it is it allows you to take certain people to that economy because you still have those same fucked up water fountains. But my whole complaint about it is, right, if you don't take away the people that can integrate into this economy, they are forced to build their own society. For sure. And 
and that was happening. There was a pretty good vertical trajectory of growth mm-hmm. in the first half of the 20th century that I don't, it, there's different opinions as to how, how and why that flattened out. Um, some people, I don't think that integration really damaged that so much as all the, all the goings on that happened with that from like all the social programs hitting at once and mm-hmm. impacts that had three, four five dominoes away from, you know, ground zero. Mm-hmm. That's fair. What do you think about integration? Brett? Do you know what integration is? Red, excuse me. I do, but I do not understand any. I didn't understand what Pete. he was talking. No, about. I didn't understand Ooh. it. I was really so, lost. So, so like, back it, it was really strong. Like, week. Oh, he was like, "What the deep?" I'm like, "What? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is Pete talking about?" I'm thinking prison integration. He's gonna hold some up. I was like, "Wait, okay." So, yeah. well, maybe I missed it. Was it prison integration? <laughs> no, go ahead, Pete. Give it to them in an everyday term. It just means. White people, let me me give it to you the way I would give it to you. (laughs) White people had the majority of the economy. So people wanted to integrate, right? You integrate because you want everybody else to grow their own economy as well. So you put them where the economy is booming. So you shift them Uh, over here. Okay. That's integration. Integration is the picture of Jerry Jones standing at the door and the black kids is trying to get into high school and the kids is stopping them. They were mm-hmm. integrating a high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, redlining is when they would stop certain black people or people that were undesirable at that time to white people from moving into their neighborhood. So right. they say, okay, we're not going to let them move into this neighborhood mm-hmm. or something. That's it. So then you integrate neighborhoods. You start right. bringing black folks into already existing powerful economies. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you're saying that you don't think that there should have been integration? It's a horrible idea. Okay. It's, on, it's, a, it's only a good idea to shut people up. It's a horrible idea for a mass community because what happens is you start taking one person, right, one successful person, and then you move them over here with these folks, and they're not forced to build for their own social group as well, not mm-hmm. just their – like somehow we try – we really want to believe – well, I think me and Pete agree with that. There are economy groups. I mean, I do think there's a bit of bigotry at, even at that level, but most for the most part, it's it's more like classism. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a lot of weird politics. I was listening to a podcast the other day about the history of the Central Valley and mm-hmm. how, like, the Oklahoma diaspora, which is a very sophisticated way of saying a bunch of poor white trash people from Oklahoma moved into the Central Valley, mm-hmm. and everybody hated them. Like, the Mexicans who lived there didn't like them. The white people who had been farming there for a long time didn't like them. And they just kind of like tried to exclude them out of every possible area of commerce that they could. They just yeah. didn't want to deal with them. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, they didn't have high levels of education. They were kind of roughnecks, whatever the hell. So, sure. just kind of how it goes. Culturally, sometimes. we're different. Yeah. So, it makes sense, right? So, these conversations make sense, right? You fuck with sports, D. It's why, like I'm saying, where a Deion Sanders, right? Where he's. He made a lot of promises. Like, I'm not one of the people that's on Dion. Dion made a lot of promises, came in, used a press release and uh, a press conference to announce he was coming to be the savior of HBCUs. That was what he said. That's what he said. It's not what I said. It's not what I think. This is what he said. Yeah. So he came in on like a cloud, like Jesus. Like, And then he actually referenced God. God sent me. 
to save HBCUs, not even JSU, not even just Jackson State. He said HBCUs. I'm, I, God sent me to save them. And fast forward three years later, he takes a job that pays, I don't know, silly 10 times, 12, 14 times the money the right, at Colorado. Job, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the community is mad, right? Or what? not the community, the, the diaspora is upset, right? The whole diaspora because he said what he said out of his mouth. So people are holding him to that. Right. Now, was it a realistic thing when he said it? Probably not. It would require some serious, 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 like, uh, industrial mind. You would have to have a really serious plan, like not even intellect at that point. You would need to really be prepared for that type of task. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. It's just tough. So I get why he took the next move, and it probably was always to, to make the next move. But the problem is he sold everybody on this idea of like, hey, I'm going back to save black people. Right. That's what it translates to. So when black people are disappointed, everybody upset. Why is a man Dion? He took a better job to bury himself. Bitch, that nigga been rich forever. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he didn't go to an HBCU out of high school himself as a player. No. Mm. No. Mm. So... I understand that. So I do understand why the diaspora is upset at him because of what he said out of his mouth. Now, there are some people that just feel a certain way, but most people know that he said so many things. And that's why we started rooting for him and paying attention to him in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's when you actually monetize the movement. Right. And that's what he did. He marketed the movement for a personal gain. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have any effect. I'm sure there's some good things that happened over those two, three years. But because of what he said out of his mouth, Motherfuckers is disappointed. They want to hold him accountable. Like, what happened? Like, what's up? You know? In his defense, he he lost money on that. Hands down. But but, but it was never, he never mentioned money when God sent him. He didn't say God sent me out here to get this check. he, 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 He lost his, you know, CBS contract. He wasn't on, you know. NFL Today and all that stuff all the time. He which probably paid him, honestly, more than the coaching job. So he, he, he took an L financially to go do that. And it did do very well for Jackson State's visibility, whatever else. It's a challenging thing. If he had probably stayed two more years to where those couple really good recruits he got could go to the NFL, you have a proof that of concept, that would have probably been the uh, – he could have turned the corner there. The issue is if you're going to have – some criticism about Dion. You have to have criticisms about all the black blue chip players that go to not HBCU schools because the five that chose to go play for Dion, they weren't choosing to go to an HBCU. They were choosing to play for Dion. Agreed. And yeah. all the other teams in his league got none of those guys. But but this is my thing, right? And this is why you can't blame the player. You can't. Blame I wouldn't. Them. I don't blame. Well, no. The I'm reason. Saying, if but I'm saying this. Thought. This the separation is they didn't come in with that mentality. Yeah. They came in to play for Prime. Yeah. Deion Sanders is prime time, Coach right. Prime. I they came that. in to play for Coach Prime. <laughs> yeah. Prime came in because God sent him to save the HBCUs. For 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> Short lived. So the new job that he got, because I did see where he got a new all coaching. Colorado. Where is it? Okay. So it's like 1% <laughs> yeah. in black yeah, like I the think football that maybe team. Yeah, I seen that. Okay. Of a film <laughs> instead of the regular picture. <laughs> he was like, "Well, it's a lot of black people that need this big old picture." He <laughs> definitely had the negative. So people are furious. You know what I'm saying? And 
it just made me think. Like I think about that situation, um, and I and I, I've I'm one of the few people I don't complain to Pete a lot because Pete is white, right? So I don't want to just slander black people to Pete because Pete already hear enough black people slander. I'm sure, no matter you know whatever's going on as white person, he could, I'm sure he's heard black people slander. But my my issue is that's why I hate integration because. I have a hard criticism for successful black people. Okay. Our wealthy elite, which I don't believe most black people are wealthy. This is a whole nother story. Mm. I'm not, this is a whole nother story. But they got something. Okay. If they were forced, like if they wasn't complaining about how messed up our water fountain was and how nice the white folk water fountain was and said, okay, well, we just going to make our water fountain nice. So if... Let's say if we were still on the water fountain system in 2022 mm-hmm. and Jay-Z looking at the white person water fountain, he like, man, I don't want to drink out this water fountain for that the black, the colorful water fountain. It looked crazy. Jay-Z has the kind of money. He has the kind of money where he could put a new water fountain there. So then when he's drinking his water, he's drinking out the correct fountain. But everybody else that looked like him and come from his he's issues get to drink out a nicer water fountain. Yeah. Yeah. If if you decide like, hey, I'm going to upbuild a community. I can't get into, I can't get into Beverly Hills. They're not letting me over there. They're not letting me in Orange County. Right. They're not letting me in Newport. So I got to make paradise right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think if you were to look at it as countries, not integrating at all looks like the Soviet Union. It's an economic challenge. Mm-hmm. Integrating, but not but but maintaining like a pretty rigid autonomy over your entity. That that's China, you know, because China before they integrated, they were starving. You got to use regular words because red. Like what the fuck are you talking about? No, I know China's like. Um, I don't know if it's red is fucked up. Like China got <laughs> like like when communist China and Mao Zedong mm-hmm. took it over. They were only in, like they only dealt with China. Okay, they didn't deal with anybody else. So they don't and do they business with anybody else. Everything is starving to death. in in house. Right. Okay. So he's saying that they stayed to themselves. They didn't give any business to anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's how they built the economy based off of doing work for the world mm-hmm. only through them. And then when they built now, so once they got all the world's patents and all the world's ideas, which is crazy, they start building everything for the whole world. That's how they dug themselves out of the poorhouse. Mm. Give us your jobs We'll build them for cheap mm. We have put all our people to work Yeah these are cheap jobs But our people didn't have no work at first Right So we'll now see a little bit in Mexico now at this Yeah, point. It's, yeah. Starting to, it's starting to get better So yeah. people that didn't have any work and, and you know You start thinking third world looks Like third world countries Like mm-hmm. super poor countries mm-hmm. They say hey man Send us all y'all work We'll build it on, at pennies on a dollar Pennies on a dollar when you have nothing is it's a lot. good fucking money. Mm-hmm. And they created this system set up where the government takes care of people. Hey, we're going to take care of you. You just work. And the, the, the singular most impactful Jim Crow law in economics senses that prevented that model from happening is the one that is mentioned the least by people ever. And that's the minimum wage law, which was implemented purely to prevent that from taking place in the South. Mm. So what he's saying is He's saying the, the problem with this working So the reason all of the high dollar people That was building everything America start taking their business other places Is because 
the federal government or different states started raising their minimum wage. So shit that you would get done for cheap, you had to pay more money. So then business owners had to start outsourcing That's all of the shit. Well, there was a period of time when in the South, black unemployment was lower than white unemployment, but the wages were yeah, lower. Yeah, because you can pay them less because they came from yeah. the plantation. And then when they implemented that hard line, it went upside down. Now black you need unemployment to, now exploded. Because now you need to choose based off of who you relate to. Yeah. Who looks like you, who who you think is your family. Because I, I, that's what I really believe in. What looks like racism is more or less yeah. pretty much there's uh, no, nepotism. Yeah, there's yeah. no e- economic incentive to... To hire people that yeah. don't... You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Doesn't. Yeah. All right? All right. You got it fucked up. Make sense, D? I know you looking like the fuck is this thing classic? <laughs> Smoking fucking weed. <laughs> so it's like if we doing like for the project, right? For the ops. Like, right, we send it out to a different country and they do all the labor for cents on the dollars. So what's cents on the dollars and we over here, it's funny because I hear a lot of people in America complaining about what we, oh, they building shoes in China for change. Like, people's talking shit. You'll hear people say that. What does LeBron think about them paying the low wages in China for shoes? Bitch, that ain't a low wage in China. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. No, it's not a low wage in China because you can live on it. No, that's why, like, at the Apple thing, at the country, that the company that's outsourced for Apple... They've been trying to escape. They're jumping out of windows and running out and trying to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're like oh, I've seen that. kept on grounds and they just work until they freaking die. Yeah, but you live. Oh wow, that's how it works. That's the exchange. The exchange is I'll give you a job as a government and a place to live. This is not available. So the model, we, we can be upset that the model hasn't changed today because that's that's a complaint, right? Is the model hasn't changed today in China. But what mm. about when China was shit poor and motherfuckers was homeless and they was having famine, famine, like like more, yeah. like like mass deaths because of yeah. famine mm-hmm. sweeping the nation. They have figured out a way to feed all of their people, everybody. So, yeah, you might live 80 years and work your ass off and going to die, but you live in somewhere. And we really, in theory, have the same... That's true, yeah. Thing, little different. Limit, so do they have a choice? No. No. So they're just, so they have to work there. There's yes, no. if you want to have a place to live. They are heavily indentured. Yeah. <laughs> Every, like, so there's no, like, okay, I'm not working there. It's, it's not like you cannot. I mean, you could not work. No. You aren't allowed to leave the grounds. What happens if you do? Gonna you don't. They gonna, yeah, they, they, they'll just... They'll track you down and drag you, you back. Yeah, that sounds like some slavery shit to me. I mean, I think from a Western way, we look at a lot of things different. And I sure. think we like to see ourselves as a better place. And I understand why, because to some degree, we do have different things. But I'm not quite sure they better. We try to prolong people's life with the bare minimums here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, let's say you didn't have to work there. Where would you live? If I was in China? Well, you for sure. You could be, they'll pay you a lot of money because you could teach English, so it's different. They looking for people that teach English. They got a plan. Mm. So, but that's my point. So if you coming from like a, uh, if you coming from a, a third world situation where poverty is crazy like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's different. It's different as hell. So I, I'm not one of the few that be like, oh, well, China is this. I'm like, well, they figured out a way to get their people out of poverty. I wish I can get most black people into a place to where they can live and own a house and shit. Now, China, I'm not saying China that's happening. I'm saying 
that would be a cool goal. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think we had the right idea <clears throat> when the industrialization era. When, I, when the industrialization, when the industrial era happened, mm-hmm. I think we was on the right track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a really solid thing going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, people could own a home, you could work. But again, people complaining in. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the best. That's the era I think about when Trump says, let's make America great. That's what he's talking about. That era. What? So what? What year was that? It lasted what late eighteens to the uh, to the early nineteen. Yeah, would have been like, I think it would have culminated in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, where Americans had jobs, mm-hmm. and then as they started to raise minimum wage, people was like, oh, "Okay, you know what? We can't We're gonna outsource it." Yeah. Okay. We need so to that's pay cheaper. He, okay. Yeah. And probably through like the fifties, also like post World War Two, there was a lot of growth. Oh yeah, post World War Two because it went bad. Like World the cars, because we have it was a lot of people driving like more like. Japanese or like not in the fifties. Yeah, like, no, I'm talking about now. Like yeah, right? now, because you and, have to buy cheap. Okay, it's yeah. like Walmart is popping because don't nobody got no money, so they have the cheapest prices. So, mm-hmm. but you need somebody with cheap prices because don't nobody got no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like a fucked up ass circle mm-hmm. that just keeps happening, like that joint y'all got going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all been high, but y'all just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just put it out probably half about. Four minutes ago, but y'all just keep going. Six ounces ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) About 10 ounces, y'all, five ounces, y'all was done. (laughs) Feel me? So, yeah, that's that's, that's the vicious circle that's happening. Like, you need to, we love the cheap price at Walmart, but we love the cheap price at Walmart because don't nobody got no money. The people got money don't give two fucks. They not shopping at Walmart. Mm -hmm. They going to Target. Mm -hmm. So, that's the thing. The people who really can really appreciate the savings won't not even shop there. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody going to fucking Walmart. Yeah. So back to the point, Pete, it could look like USSR. It could look like that. But I think it has a chance to even look different because if people are forced to build their own communities, force you. That's the thing. I really think. And this is weird telling you this because you're a white guy, but my nigga, you have to force the black elite to do better by black people because mm. no matter how you look at it, it's going to be a space where it's like, well, I did it. You could do it too. That's not true. Uh, um, We've waited on the government for a long time to do what we feel is right. That shit ain't never happened. Yeah. They won't even apologize. California got a plan. They're supposed to give out 200 and roughly a quarter million dollars. Now they want to give any payments. You know niggas going to die first. Yeah, the state will have to go bankrupt first. I mean, that's... They going to die first. That number is real big. Yeah, it's huge. But this will be the state that could pay it. How much the shit they taught, tax the shit out of everybody. But the point I'm saying is that's really, right, the thing. And it's not. So you have to lay the burden on the elite that you empower. Like white people, like white people will not celebrate somebody that black people don't celebrate if they black. White people don't have their nigga. They get their nigga after we done with him. Mm. Like who is somebody that white people was like a fan of that was just black and black people just didn't like him, but he was on with the white folks. That person don't exist. Now, it might be somebody there now that white people approve of, but we blew him up first. And then y'all took him and now he y'all's. Mm. But there's nobody that white people got. It was like, that guy, 
He's our guy. Like y'all took Michael Jackson mm. for a long time. And he started really like looking like it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all took him. But remember the Jackson Five, we made this nigga. Yeah. That's why y'all liked him in the first place. Oh, they like him? We like him too. He got talent. We tried to get y'all Chris Brown. He's like, no, he got too much shit going on. See, that's when you hit that door. That's that's what we call crossing over. You know what I mean? When white folk like you. So some people hit that ceiling. Boom, 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 boom. And it's like, y'all like, yeah, I don't know about that one. But the guys y'all do take, and some guys we turn our backs on. Uh, Pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I was just thinking if we didn't have it. So what's the flaw in that model? D um, over here just like, man, the fuck this nigga's got going on. Real, like, my nigga D. <laughs> the, the flaw in that model is the, is you're asking people, you're basically just I- implementing a tax on people, you know, because at that point it's like, okay, if I made $100 million and I can get, X profitability out of my fifty million dollars I have in savings, or I can get a small fraction of that over here. You're just saying, no, it's your duty to take that well margin cut. Even then, like let's say if you got a ton of money, you hit right. Red hit a ton of money, hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. She hit, boom, she up hundred million dollars. I'm up, right? Beverly Hills should tell her no. You can't live over here, nigger. What? Your nigger ass can't live over here. What? You need to go live with for your, your own good. <laughs> you need to go live with your own people. It's you not me. It's you, sir. Why do you want to assimilate over here with us white folks? You need to be around your folks, nigger girl. Mm-hmm. So then you have to move into a community that's affluent in L.A. That's black. That, that's mm-hmm. like the, it's like the flaw in the opportunities. I think that's concept. dope. I think that's good. You say who? That's the flaw where? It's, it's sort of like pointing in the direction of like the flaw in the opportunity zone concept. Flaw in Break it down. Opportunity zones are areas of like low income, high percentage minority residents where you get a financial incentive for injecting capital into that zone. Oh, yeah. 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 The they issue a lot. The issue there is that the capital has to come from outside of that zone. So then that means it's, that needs to be law changes. Yeah, I was about that's, to say it wouldn't be the same thing. It's, just, it's, like, it's, it's like when you're, it, it's like s- people act like sec- sec- Section 8 subsidies help the tenant. They don't. They don't. They pay the landlord. Yeah, it helps the landlord. Yeah, it blows the market up and pays the landlord the difference. Facts, that's a good point. So yeah. you need to have opportunity zones to, to be able to organically grow like, a, like an insular, impoverished black community that's sure. in a defined area. You just say, all right, your opportunity zone in zone five or whatever the hell, just do whatever the hell you have to do. We're not going to bother you over stupid regulatory prices and not tell you that zoning, you can't do this, or just do whatever the hell you have to do. Just get this shit jumped. And then, you know, generation 2.0, then we'll worry about your carbon emissions, your water, whatever. The fuck, like all that. this other crap. Because I like that. otherwise, anything else, you're just begging people to come in, and then people complain, "Oh, this is gentrification." Da, da, da. Sure. Well, gentrification is still people get. I mean, if, if you, if your grandma bought a house yeah. 50 years ago, and it's, it's now it's worth, she in the game, she she, she balling. Yeah, I saw a girl. But if anybody moved in there yesterday, they asses cooked. Two two girls mm-hmm. did a special on YouTube that I used to know. It was right up the street from where we used to train in East Oakland on 83rd Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they did, I think it was called like Selling Grandma's House or something like that. And they talk a lot about gentrification, whatever. Dude, your grandma made a fucking fortune. Your grandma made a half a million dollars. Yeah. You're not that mad. Yeah. But, but again, <laughs> like, it's because you can't start your own. Like, grandma has to start you. Because at that point, yeah. if you live in Watts right now and you try to buy a house in Watts, and grandma like 117. Cash out to retire. Yeah, and, and then grandma cash out, and you better hope she give you something. Because grandma and them come from a time where they work for everything. So they looking at you like, hold up, bro. You got to work. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free 
through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The integration on the THC game. How now you see white people in a business that we've been knowing our whole life that's been exclusively us or us at the major level. And now that's looking completely different. And when I'm saying us, I don't mean just brothers. And I'm talking <clears throat> about people from the corner. Yeah. It was us. It was it was farmers and us. Yeah. That was our connection. The streets and the farmers. But now you have all kind of other people coming in, gentrifying the same business that people that we know went to prison over. Yeah. How does that look like now? How does that affect everything with the TAC shit where it's sitting at now? Like is, is pounds higher now? Or are they lower now? Did they when it first happened, when the law first passed? You know what I mean? Like when law first passed and you seen that influx, that white flight right into the business, normally white flight is out. They white white flight right into this. They was landing into the TAC game. Yeah. Did the packs go crazy? Um, so I was actually fighting my case. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my charges was, was weed. I fought it so long that weed actually became legal, so they had to drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, p- packs are a lot cheaper now. A lot cheaper, like, because everyone's trying to undercut everybody. There's so, so many people so in like, the business. Back then, there wasn't, like, a distribution, because now they have distribution companies, yeah. and there's a whole, like, um, a whole, it's a, it's a business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So It used to be you you knew a, a grower, you know, maybe you had a, a, a homie in a, a, the fuck is the... Then we'll try and go up there. Um, yeah, Mon- Humboldt County. Mendocino, yeah, Humboldt. Humboldt, mm-hmm. Mendocino County. Yeah. But now it's just... <laughs> Everybody got Yeah, one. and then the, the, a lot of these labs are backdooring the pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah, because it ain't, the economy has to be super tight on it, so you have to backdoor it to, to even make a living. Yeah, the people right. that's backdooring ain't getting rich. They, like, staying above water. That was like, yeah, like what you said, like in yes. Oregon. They, oh, they, yeah. they did so much... Pounds, they couldn't even sell them legally. Either you could 
Just pull up. Mm-hmm. Bury them in the backyard or sell them to somebody. Off yeah, they the was bucks. having weed auctions in Oregon. <laughs> Upside down weed auctions. Yeah. So you would have your weed. 500 a pound. Stone silence. 400 a pound. Silence. First person to raise their hand gets the price as the price goes down. Not as the price goes up like a regular auction. What? Wow. Upside down auctions. Because they had, so what Oregon did as a state, they tried. I give them their credit. They took a shot. I got a license. Yeah. <laughs> they took all of these grow place, all these farms. You know, Oregon has really good soil. Like they have a lot of rain, a lot of yeah. good soil. Yeah. So they made all these grow zones to try to build, you know, their economics there, the economy there. So they start allowing the license where Pete could just come from Orange County and go get a license and shit. It, was, it wasn't as hard. So a lot of people got licenses and started growing. So they could grow. But it was so much fucking weed, it was more than the actual supply needed in Oregon. Mm. Oh, shit. So they weren't, they weren't sending it out to California? You weren't allowed that, to? That's against the law. Oh. <laughs> if yeah. you take weed across, because weed is still federally <laughs> illegal. The, the production okay. for the okay. state, like, like the amount of weed that could be consumed in the state of Oregon. Right was being grown by the end of the month of February. Oh, wow. From January to February. And the rest That's of the so year, the rest of it was the year. just... It's just growing. <laughs> just too much. So everybody's still growing. So the weed that Oregon needed for a whole year grew with those grew, with those growers from January to February by by two months. So Yet they still one. had March to December's crops. Right. They should get in the CBDs. Wow. Deltas and all that other stuff. They so did. They ship yeah. it across state lines. Yeah. <clears throat> that's where you got to get tricky and that's where <laughs> to me other people could have made it's like the gold rush. If if Pete was the only one thinking. A lot of my homies wasn't thinking about it. If we would have been thinking like the gold rush the people who got wealthy on the gold rush were not the people digging for gold. It was the people that sold the equipment to dig we for gold. Sold shovels. Yeah. Picks. Yeah, if I could do it over again with the money, yeah. I would have opened up a, a certified testing lab. See? Mm. That, that's what I would have done if I could do it again. But again, sometimes we see the gold mm. rush and we blinded by the shimmer. Yeah. And that's, to me, the whole <laughs> overall idea and the issue with integration is we see personal growth. Mm-hmm. We see the opportunity to buy a house in Beverly Hills, you know, and, and the growth is going to be great. It's, it's a safe investment, the money. Right. But if you really think about it, it's probably the most selfish thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And I, this is another conversation that I want to have. We'll probably have it Wednesday. What? Cultural. Like, what is a cultural responsibility? I was going to say, why is it selfish? Well, because what is really what's being black? Is it just being black? Is it like when I go, I'm somewhere like Dion said, where it's like I'm black and I'm going to Colorado. That's me being black. Mm. Is that all? Because then why do we argue for George Floyd? That nigga's George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are we arguing about? Are we saying we arguing because he's black? Are we finding some relation into just trauma where it's like, oh, somebody get their ass whooped. I'm saying something. I'm not saying nothing when it's time to actually help people, you know, alive. <laughs> but if a nigga died like Jesus, we're going to just build a whole shit for him. Mm. So if I worked and I, you know, I worked hard. And so I'm saying, OK, I want to go. And I want to live in Beverly Hills. You're saying that the white folks should I be like, should no, nigger girl. That's bad. Yeah. I wish the white people help it. I wish the white folks would be like, I wish it get back to that place mm-hmm. where they be telling y'all, they're to, like, no, no, you cannot they, they live in Beverly Hills. And then you guys started That's protesting. redlining, like, right? Redline is a little bit more well, complicated, but it's close. Yes. But it's close to it. Yeah. yeah but that's mm-hmm. actually good. I actually, the more I think about it, 
I'm mad white folk gave in. Because mm. it would have forced these uppity Negroes to do better. When we saying we mm. black, what does that mean? Okay. Does that just mean I am black? If that's my sheer responsibility of being black, tell me now. I will never put up a black power fist because I, I just put up a G power fist. Because mm-hmm. I'm black. Because you're a G. G. Okay. Why the fuck is this? If there's no real connection, I, I we've talked about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've told you this. The black experience is how people treat us. Mm-hmm. It's how people treat you. Black culture is how you treat people. Mm-hmm. So if the only responsibility of it to a homie is, well, I'm black, you black, you on your own, nigga. Right. Or if somebody kick your ass, I could just turn on my camera and complain about it. I don't even got to get out in the streets and help you. Mm-hmm. You would have not thought it was 12 motherfuckers out there while George Floyd was getting fucked up. But that's true because you naturally, like, you're just more, um, not to say genuine, but you're just more, you gravitate more towards, like, your people, like, you know, it probably but do we really but i mean like and, and do we only gravitate to our people because we don't have nothing why is it soon as we get something mm. we start gravitating to white folk why do we because, move to beverly hills because we don't have we don't have that i mean we could we have something that's like it but we don't have it so because it's white folk right well we can have an all black neighborhood that is as expensive as or as wealthy as a Beverly Hills. Like you said, if we did, you know, if we built in our community, but we don't have that. So because we don't we but but that's that's where I think it gets tricky at. Right. It's like. um, I don't think the solution is in a black Beverly Hills. Right. Okay. Honestly, I think yeah, money corrupts. Mm-hmm. They say power corrupts. But I think money corrupts. I ain't never seen a wealthy motherfucker that was good. Mm. Never seen a person with a lot mm. of power that didn't have a lot of money either. Two are <laughs> fairly <laughs> decently, mm. decently tied up. <laughs> so a motherfucker be wealthy, rich, and he gonna have some power. Motherfucker got some power, and he gonna get some money. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think the solution is in the black Beverly Hills. I don't think the solution is to. Well, I don't think it's the solution. Well, but. I don't think it's. I don't think that's good because that's probably the problem. Like slavery was not rooted in racism; it was rooted in capitalism. It was rooted in profitability. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And it turned That's... into what we call racism. Mm-hmm. It turned into that. I mean, shit, if you could buy a motherfucker, look how we treat dogs. Right. We treat dogs like they are not living, breathing things. True. We like, we breed, like, look at all them crazy True. dogs. They be selling for them thousand dollars. They be inbreeding Aren't them those dogs. those white people True. I see on the airplane this morning who treat their <clears throat> dogs very well. White people treat dogs. <laughs> Bro, I swear to God, white they people do. treat dogs so well. It's almost weird. There was a dog. Like- I had a miserable, god-awful middle seat between two people who were really into the World Cup that they were watching, yelling back and forth over my head as I was trying to sleep. There was a dog with an aisle seat six rows up. I almost killed that fucking dog. He <laughs> wanted that seat. <laughs> The dog just had the seat by itself. Yeah, the dog had a seat. The dog's role (laughs) was to help the passenger maintain anxiety from the stress of flying. Apparently, sitting next to a dog reduces the chances that your seat will fall out of the sky. (laughs) 
This motherfucker's serious, it's though. Crazy. But he's so serious, though. And I, I know, know he's telling he the truth because I see white people treat that. I know a white person that leaves their air conditioning on when they leave because their dog is there. Oh, and their TV. Yeah. My mom does that, though. My mom leaves her TV on, leaves the light. She will. She leaves the air conditioning on. Not doing none of that shit. My mom loves dogs. You don't dog. get your punk yeah. ass outside. I know. That's why I'm so bad with dogs. I love my dog. Like, I love my dog. But it's, but, but think about it's it. We are at a space now where we're inbreeding dogs to create expensive dogs. Oh yeah They're inbreeding The fucking dog Expensive Really expensive too You know the last time Somebody inbred somebody Slavery mm. <laughs> Fucking slavery You're inbreeding Human beings Right Feel me oh, Mix this nigga With this nigga Put them together They mm. might get a strong nigga And we making these dogs And these dogs be retarded Like they was talking about These dog Frenchies and shit The dogs different. can't even have puppies yeah. They gotta take them to get C-sex and oh, shit Oh yeah I heard it yeah, These dumbass right. dogs these dog gotta be bottle fed. No, that's a yeah, fucking dog. Maybe better get really, it on your own, really niggas. Put your food right in this bowl. You better walk your ass over and get it. If you get pregnant, you better deliver them fucking puppies. <laughs> I'm, the homie was telling me, my my the people. Frenchie, we had one. We it was we had to give it um away because our air conditioning broke and you have to keep the dog like at a certain temperature. Ain't that a bitch? So we have like we a were leaving. Yeah, we were leaving to <laughs> so the dog can't like over like it, it can't be outside because it can yeah. overheat. It Who's can't be like, like this? every this is, So that. we had an Isabella well, France is a very stable climate. So we had to find a sitter <laughs> for it and they and they get anxiety because you can't like you know, leave them alone. They have like, anxiety. These yeah. are animals. You, no, like, really like yeah. So Hey, baby, yes. these dogs. That's why these dogs be fucked up. Mm-hmm. Bitch-ass dogs. I'm cool. So, and that's my point. So, Night this probably. is where we at. So, back to the point I was making with it is, <clears throat> like, we don't treat, like, like even the way we have dominion over dogs, I can understand how racism happened. If you could buy a nigga look like me mm-hmm. for years for three, four, five hundred dollars. Right. I'd for sure I'd have been a fifteen hundred dollar nigga because I got some shit to offer. I'd have been a top $2,800 nigga if that was buying me. <laughs> the auction man with the boss would be $1,200. Nobody going to be it. I got way more value, nigga. I know how to sew. Mm-hmm. But you got to at least pay $2,800 for me. That's crazy. Top dollar. I can't be back here with the rest of the Negroes. I got to be a little closer with the good Negroes. <laughs> yeah, just stop. <laughs> Always joking shit. I was like, I've been in the field, but I'm lying. I for sure that like had a hammer and shit. Yeah, I stats, like yeah. your cottons per minute stats. I'd have been doing that nigga better. taxes. The slave taxes. Hey, nigga, I know how to do your taxes. <laughs> I ain't calling you master. I call you mister, but I ain't calling you master. Setting everybody up for audits. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we need to sell old Joe. Joe got lip when that's fucked up. We stop. haven't got somebody honest since we picked this you guy up. I swear to God, about this, Pete. I make a joke about you being a saboteur. That's a good joke. I that's know, a friendly joke. This <laughs> motherfucker back, Pete over there. Glass got Pete making slave jokes. <laughs> like you had some. Sad. No, so no, that's what I'm saying. So segregation <clears throat> to me and, and Pete. I mean, there is a question about it. Do, it. do we have, do we have the economic advances in segregation? Do we do? Are we still the entertainer? Are we still the entertainment of the world? Is, is segregation? Are we still playing in the NBA? Or are we playing in the ABA? Mm. Does 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 Jerry Jones still go look over there and get them niggas? Well, Jerry Jones, they me get niggas, but do Jerry Jones go over there and still pick them brothers? See, it, it, there's an interesting. I was talking about this with Steel the other day. A lot of people look at um, a lot of the, segre- the segregation of the South as having been 
like de facto, like it was like it happened at the behest of just everybody. They just universally all chose it, Mm -hmm. but it was the law. You had to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you went from one day being have to do it to the next day being banned from doing it. And there wasn't a period of time where you could kind of gauge the temperature in the room where it's like, you could do this if you want to. It's bad for your business. If you don't like making money, feel free. Or you could not do this if you want to, you know, it's your personal choice. So there was never really that opportunity to experiment in there. And there could be different economic ramifications because of that. Mm. You know, I, personally, I think that integration is a economically a, a much better answer. I think it's a much better answer for a few. But everybody, that's the thing. Like you, you have to either go all in one direction or all in the other direction. You have to. You have that's, to if, that, if, but that's why I say I can't see integration being good. Integration only helps. Okay, like, well, here it is, real quick. Yeah. If you're going to take the integration route, you have to take the integration route, and we're not a community. We just look alike, and we're doing our thing, it's, and we're that's getting, what, whatever. That's it, my it, point. You have to marry yourself to that vision. Exactly. The problem with the other vision, unfortunately, is you have to do – I was discussing this with Malcolm the other day, you know, saying, oh, like like the Jewish community off, to of, my off, off of Fairfax. Because they kill. That's, that's exactly my shit. But they started – in Boyle Heights. Yeah, and, and they don't get them. Yeah, and then they moved it over there. Yeah. So you can't say we want to stay, if you want to have an intact cultural community, you can't tie it to a geography. You have to say we're going to do some things and we're going to move to wherever the things are that need to be done. Like gypsies. Hmm. Like <laughs> like anybody else. I mean, that, sure. that's what everybody else sure. does. Like when yeah, motherfuckers came from Italy, they went to Boston. Yeah, you, and you, you can't go gravitate towards, a, towards the poorest area or metropolitan and then demand that everybody stay there and build it. It's nearly impossible to do that just from lot size alone. You know, but is it really? Do we really need all of these lots? These these ridiculous like in Watts, like on 118th, 119th in the Monus, right? They have huge lots. They have ten, twelve thousand square foot lots. So, yeah, some, but a, a lot. lot of them. A lot of them on the other side of the one hundred five are real little. No, I agree, but there is still space to have it right there. Mm-hmm. Like, like in Compton, right? Yeah, you have. You can go to the, to the. Because uh, you can't be opportunistic when you're static. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you really like, if if it was Watson Compton was. Build a wall right there. If that's where you want to be, you are beholden to a j economy that is only adjacent to your area, in opposed to just finding the hot spot. But I think that's still always that's how America was built and supposed to be in the first place. That's how urban communities strive in the first place. You could work there, play there, live there. Compton was that in the fifties, in the forties. Yeah, but that's not an eternal model. A lot of those don't work, and they're not the same people living in the same place all the time. There's transients with within, not transient TS, transient CE, within and among those cities. People True. move from one to the other to the other to the other to the other. So, and then also, as we've seen clearly, I guess, country grows or is one area becomes void of opportunity, another city becomes built. I mean, yeah. like, as... St. Louis and Cleveland have collapsed. Miami has exploded. Sure. But I but I think is oh I see. So they they oh uh Miami is a port city. So mm-hmm. all that out all that out 
source and shit you're doing got to come in somewhere so it makes and, that and similar here i mean the growth in southern california over the last 50 years yes, it's it, it, it amounts to the baltimore detroit st louis cleveland so failures because now you're not building lost America. population anywhere where there's ports you're going to make some good money yeah because now everything is outsourced but even even then california just has a ridiculous amount of money prime detroit you know, prime Michigan was not a shit ton of money. Detroit it was great money. In the 50s, was, was one of the money. wealthiest cities in the world. I know. I'm not. I'm agreeing. But I'm saying California, probably the economy by itself, is probably in the top 5% of the world. Like, because you got to think, like, I know what they charge. I know what they paying it's at the six, docks. Yeah, it is. So yeah. I know the money that California has is not... I don't think no I other think state is probably getting this kind of money. money. Yeah, no, it's the sixth largest economy in the world. In the whole world, so I think that's my wow. point. So I think that that's why this is my nigga. This is why mm-hmm. we do no sentence mm-hmm. because I'll have an idea and he'll clarify and school it, and then I can give him percent, like some, some perspective. God, he noticed six nigga sixty. <laughs> so <laughs> we, maybe seven soon though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep fucking around. <laughs> but anyway, so. I'm saying if we just have entirely too much fucking money and when somebody has entirely too much, some people going to have not. There's enough. also a pant load of people here, though, it, way more in other states. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because it ain't just the people here. Right. This is also as a border town. Like literally, this is a border mm-hmm. state. You can mm-hmm. cross over. People come here from foreign, you know, Japan. Yeah. People going to come here first. Uh, different people going to come here. But that's all part of the same economy and why we making so much money. Yeah. And like we'll also like look at say, the growth in suburban Las Vegas and Phoenix over the last 15 years. Yeah. A lot of that is because motherfuckers get moved people out. moving, moving from out here to there, yeah. and they're creating opportunities there. And then there's also, in a modern economy, you could open up an office building that services, you know, HR business, for businesses yeah. in California, but you pay less per square foot here, you can afford it, and everybody has a nice, bigger, cooler house, whatever. So that's why you live the integration lifestyle where you're white, but you're not white in the cultural sense. You're white in the sense that I'm just white. <laughs> you have no obligations except to the people you fuck with. Yeah. The only obligation <laughs> that, I, that my white, a strange white person, no, that you my, don't my know. whiteness is obliged only to the sun in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's crazy. If a white person get fucked up by the police, you're not for the picket. I don't give a shit. I don't know that guy. <laughs> see that you see what I'm saying that's, so yeah. to me that's the mind state <clears throat> that wealthy elite have but somehow they try to market that I'm brother support mm-hmm. me that, mm-hmm. and that's what my issue spinning this shit all the way back around cause that's my issue with Dion. you Got sold it. us yeah. on being black fucking preacher fucking church mm-hmm. you sold us on this is why you came. God sent you. Nigga, you are the Jesus mm. of HBCU. That's what you said. When you said God sent you, the only motherfucker God sent was Jesus. Moses was born. God sent you is what you said to say to HBCU. We are looking at the, where is the miracle, nigga? Mm. He's like, well, these two and a half years is the miracle, my nigga. Mm. <laughs> well, there's an interesting <clears throat> HBCU, I believe this is, I forgot his first name, but Coach Robinson of Grambling, very famous. Sure. I believe he coached more players for the NFL than any coach in cultural history. Of course. At the did. time of his retirement. Might have been passed by somebody in the meantime, but nonetheless. So what that basically means is before integration in the Southeast, 
all the NFL players were at HBCUs. <laughs> That's my point. But the second that they didn't have That's to be there, we they bounced. They went from Grambling to LSU yeah. in two seconds. They went to Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah. They left. Yeah. They left they went to Beverly Hills. You were Hill. already going to the NFL right where you were. I don't know why do black people find white life attractive. I don't know. It's not so great. Mm. I, I, I man, it's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Or they're promised like opportunity. They're promised. No, but they, he's right. They were getting the same opportunities. Yeah, but they felt like it's something else over there. There's... White people, right? <laughs> That's what they told here. White people. They was like, I'm finna go over to these niggas. It's crazy. You are a crazy nigga. <laughs> I, it killed me when they be like, man, these niggas. Dre be like, man, them niggas crazy. Well, nigga, you, all the crazy shit you did, nigga, you a crazy man. Nigga, just forget they be crazy. But I always say that if you take a line and put him in captivity long enough, long enough, and let him back in the wild, he going to be walking around him over like, there's lines around this motherfucker. He forget he a lion. I mean, I guess it's no different from moving your family out to, like, Palmdale off the city like you know no, that's Valley just all economics I'm just saying it's like okay you know well, you're gonna see some niggas in, out but, in but Palmdale this is economics but it was it, it wasn't sure the other way it, it wasn't but it's not rooted it it got yeah it, this this was built yeah, yeah this this there was nothing here but we so talk people, about the town Sun Village we moved up yeah that's the shit mm-hmm. so again that's my point like why do we people, leave yeah, like, like, and I get why. Uh, really, to me, I'm going to get priced out of L.A. Mm. Regardless if I can afford it or not. Mm. Honestly, the way I see money, mm. hell, if I got $20 million, I can't afford to live in L.A. It's expensive. First off, I don't got the time for traffic. Yeah, it took me I'm, two I'm and a spend half entirely too hours much time. yesterday in traffic. Oh, yeah. yeah the, I'm going to spend crazy. entirely too much time in my life in it's traffic. crazy. Yeah. So whatever money I got, miles. I can't afford the time. Yeah. I can't afford the time. So therefore, right. if I got $20 million in cash and it's stacked up in the bank, I can't afford LA. Yeah. I, I would need to not have to go anywhere and just live in the farms. I would have to be right there all the time. And Sprouts ain't in Compton still. <laughs> so I need to drive to Sprouts. That means that's two hours that's of another, my life. Oh, yeah. Two and a half hours to go get unpasteurized, unhomogenized milk. That's not cool. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. Like, LA, you can't afford LA unless you probably got... It, well, see, twenty million to other people that could afford that, like twenty million to me, I just don't got the time. Mm. Some people feel like it. I don't want to deal with the traffic. Mm. So most people are gonna get priced out of LA. Mm -hmm. You don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. Who has enough money and time? Right. I mean, that's like the one it's expensive, like critical pushback on. You know, like there has to be some responsibility when you like move in a large number and and. Pursue an opportunity in a new location, you know, car you know, on a, on a clean slate, because obviously Louisiana to South Central seems everyone's grandma's from Louisiana down there. Yeah, especially Watts. Yeah, I don't know why it was only Louisiana. No one else that's wanted why. to go anywhere from anywhere else. But well, my no, family no. from Alabama. Yeah. Oh, you're from, okay. You're the exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from there, you see movement in the last 20 years and every town of destination has had murder swapped into the town like Murderdale or Murder Valley from Reno Valley yeah. or whatever else sure. so you have somebody who worked his tail off moved the family out there and then their kids turned it into Murdervale you know, that's funny like, I always say that I always say that like 
People be like, I need to take my kids away. Nigga, your kid is the problem. <laughs> That's why he go to these other towns and fuck these towns up. People thought San Bernardino was sweet. People like, I moved my family away from these ghettos. Bitch, your kid is the problem. That's why it's fucked up now. I'm glad you took the murderous motherfuckers out the project. Now they out there killing them people out there that's smoking crystal. Yeah, that was... Just killing people because it's Thursday in San Bernardino. That's why all those people are moving back into the hood. They like, I'm going back to watch. It's better than this shit. I tell niggas all the time Niggas be having a nerd To say shit about Sam And I'm like Bitch you will die out there Yes you will They get busy They really do <laughs> The first time I got into a shootout As a rapper Is in San Bernardino Ooh. I ain't really had Too many issues As a rapper San Bernardino's yeah. like Nigga And it's I'm like no Hold up joke. bro I'm not finna yeah. play I'm capping it is. It. I am capping <laughs> that shit might be an open investigation right now. I'm capping. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, this yeah, these niggas. Is, yeah. <laughs> Are these niggas coming over here? They talking to us? Where you niggas from? Yeah. They on the homie. The homie walking to try to go get something to go get a girl number. They finna move on him. Where this nigga from? Mm-hmm. They gonna rob this nigga. What? They are talking about? Whoa. No, no, no. <laughs> Hold up. Oh girl. no. Hold up. Get on it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Step over. That's the type of shit that's happening there. Yeah, I know. It's mm-hmm. it's and you get crazy. to capping and they cap back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I think, but that's my point. But um, it's because there, it's everyone's moved out there. It's shit. it's it's what not. You have to move out there in Lancaster, and Man. you know it's going down out there too. It's going down <laughs> in, the, in the murder. <laughs> Mancaster, we got to make up a cold murder name for man man downcaster. Or something. No, but I mean, kill a mancaster. <laughs> That's true because Marino Valley is Murder Valley. I remember they was calling it that. I was like Murder Valley, and about a year later, I was like, Oh, Murder Valley, yep. you niggas just tripping. Yeah, it's so. I, I I remember the first time I actually went there. Kill a mancaster. There was a girl I knew who, uh, who ran track at another school in Arizona, so I'm coming back from AZ, and I was wondering because I was like, Yeah, how? I had to do some sort of thing for a class about demographics. I'm like, yeah, how did South Central go from like an 80-20 split of black to Mexican to the inverse? Like, people had to move somewhere. Yep. And then I get off the freeway in Marino Valley. And I go, <laughs> oh, oh, everybody, yeah. everybody came here. <laughs> Stupid. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sillers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the west coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King, for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 